Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. Yet another hump day, today being Wednesday, the 7th of July, 2021. Trust you're enjoying a phenomenal week. Looking forward to finishing off strongly at the end of this week, and no doubt there's a lot of opportunities in front of you that you and your team are taking full advantage of. Now, quick reminder, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please uh, press subscribe, press follow if you're listening on the Apple platform that will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and running and uh, of course if you can do me a massive favor and rate the show as well if you haven't yet rated the show please that would be greatly appreciated it enables other people just like you to more easily find the podcast on the various platforms and this is what we're all about trying to get the message out as much as we possibly can to as big an audience as we possibly can globally. Now in uh, over 26 countries around the world which is phenomenal Uh, and this just started from a little conversation I was having with somebody uh, over 12 months ago. So really grateful that so many people are listening into the podcast and uh, hopefully I'm continuing to add value to you and to your sales team as you make your journey towards being that exceptional sales leader. So in today's episode, I want to talk about uh, sales. Ah, funny about that. (laughs) It's a sales podcast. I'm going to talk about sales. Uh, But in the context of sales need not be complicated. Now you might be sitting there thinking, well, sales should be really easy. And if that's the case, why is it that so many organizations and why is it that so many sales leaders try to make it as complicated as possible? I am staggered at the number of organizations I go into that first of all don't necessarily have a sales process, uh, certainly don't have a sales process that is as rigid or as easy to follow as uh, we would like and certainly they would like, although part of that is a little bit sight unseen, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, But a lot of organizations I go into They have sales processes and things that are supporting the sales process that are so convoluted, so, uh, let's just say, I'll just put it out there, so unnecessary. It's actually amazing that they generate any results at all. And many organizations, their sales process is is completely devoid of any real focus on the customer and the experience they're trying to create for the customer that uh, they're all inwardly focused. And it's whether it be an actual process or whether it be behaviors behind a process, it's just staggering. It's staggering to watch. And, I, and I've, come from, I've come from some big organizations. And yes, there's some levels of frustration in many organizations because sometimes people put things in place, don't necessarily explain it to others in terms of what the purpose of this particular process is or what this step in the process is actually for. Uh, and when it's all said and done, it's, uh, it's pretty much to serve themselves, not necessarily to serve the greater good and certainly not to serve a customer, and there's lots and lots and lots of examples on that. And the classic, the classic one that I find is timelines around internal sign-offs. Now, I often say that the hardest form of selling, the hardest form of influence, is the internal sale. The easiest form of influence, the easiest form of selling, is the external sale. So, selling to a customer is uh, is easy compared to some of the selling you've got to do within the organization. And I remember back when I was at uh, the big behemoth that is Telstra, the number of processes they put in place to cross the T's and dot the I's and make sure that they were looking after the interest of Telstra and making sure they maintain certain margins and certain other things and the list goes on. It's probably longer than your arm times two uh, was staggering because none of those processes were geared 
and designed around making the experience for the customer a pleasant one. And in fact, it made it harder and harder for customers. In fact, I, I had conversations with the customers where I had to continue to use my best, most professional influencing skills I could possibly muster to try and convince them to stay with us and stay the course because it would have been worth uh, worth their patience and worth going through the process because at the end of res- the end result would have been certainly well worth their while. But there was a lot of customers, and I know customers are still asking this today, uh, that they're questioning, why am I going through this process? It shouldn't be this hard. Why is this organization making it so hard to do business? I thought they wanted to do business. I thought they wanted to help us solve a problem. I thought that would have been a pleasant experience if we would have got on and, and created a win-win outcome. Well, in a lot of cases, that is simply not the case. And there are so many sales leaders and organizations that continue to make it as complicated as they possibly can. And I just don't get it. So one of the things I'm, I'm on a sort of a mission to do is to make it simpler, to simplify a sales process. Because the sales leaders and the teams that are the most successful, and you can look across multiple different industries here and multiple different sizes of organizations, and you'll find that the ones who are the most successful are the ones who focus on the fundamentals and they keep it simple. They don't have to create processes just for the sake of processes. They don't have to create things just so you can get internal sign-offs to uh, make certain people within an organization happy that they've got their part of the organization catered for because they've got, they've got their own KPIs that they're get, getting measured on. They make it really, really simple for a customer to do business. And guess what? When that happens, it ends up being profitable business. They have a great level of engagement with that particular customer. They also understand that creating a great experience with that customer and delivering according to what the promises that were being made uh, at the time of sale are done leads to a longer-term agreement, longer-term relationship with this particular customer, and more and more revenue gets generated. It's a really, really simple formula. Now, here's some things to think about. I want to talk about three key steps today in relation to sales. And you might be sitting there thinking, oh, it can't be as easy as this. Well, you know what? Irrespective of the size of the organization, whether you're working for IBM, whether you're working for Salesforce, whether you're working for a big telecommunications company or a big IT company or a media company, or whether you're a small organization trying to build a sales force and trying to get some sales in the door, these three steps still work, irrespective of the size of organization and irrespective of the type of service or type of product that you are selling. Now, one thing we have to get really clear at the outset is we need to understand the buying cycle and where the potential customer that you're dealing with sits within that buying cycle. 3% of customers are going to be ready right now. Now, that's just that's just a fact, and this is based on experience and based on research over many, many years. And this is not my research, it's global research that around about 3% of any customer at any one time is ready to make a purchase now. So there'll be some people that that catch lightning in a bottle and they happen to come across a particular prospect, a particular potential customer when they are right in the buying cycle. And it feels great because you think everything you say just turns to gold. Everything you say resonates exactly with the customer and it just it's just a seamless, easy process. That's not always the case because you've got to realize that 97% of customers you're going to be dealing with or potential customers are not yet in the buying cycle. So we need to understand where they sit. So we need to build relationships. We need to nurture those relationships and be ready when that customer does move into the 3% ready to purchase now that the first company, the first person they think about is you because you've been there, you've been adding value and you are top of mind. Now, the other thing to understand, particularly in corporate sales is, and well, actually not just corporate sales, any sales, if you're a service provider, whether you're providing a product or service or whether you're just an individual contributor, 
uh, doing it, doing stuff out there as an individual consultant, for example, right? Selling a service. Uh, your customers are that much more educated today. They are doing a lot of research before they actually have contact with you. In fact, research suggests that there's a massive number of customers, potential customers, that have already pretty much made their decision on their preferred vendor or preferred service provider before any discussions or any sort of uh, negotiations in relation to taking on board that particular product or that particular service. So, so people are and companies are, buyers are, that much more educated today that we need to understand that. And this, this is why it's so important that you are very clear as a salesperson, you're very clear as a sales leader, and certainly very clear as a sales organization as to what you stand for and how do you make it easier for potential customers to first of all find you, but second of all, to understand clearly what it is that you actually do and what is it that you actually provide. Now, so we don't need to create overly complex sales processes. We don't need to have an overly complicated strategy document and overly complicated sales funnels. We need to do simple better. And this is this is the whole message of today. Do simple better. Sales need not be complicated. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I often talk about sales as being the ultimate form of service. And really at its core, it is problem solving, pure and simple. It is not about flogging your product. It is not about flogging your service against a people's or person's or company's will. This is not, and there's so many organizations out there that will lead with their product. They'll lead with their service. Hey, look at my product. It's this shiny thing. Go and go and check out this product feature, these, these benefits. These are fantastic. These are all the customers that have come on board. It's all push, push, push. Sales is problem solving. The ones that can do this really well, the people who are the greatest salespeople are also the people who are the greatest problem solvers. And I've said it before. If you can articulate a problem better than a customer can articulate the problem, then they will unconsciously attribute you as having a potential solution. And they believe you have a solution. And this is called a lead. It's not a sale. It is a lead. So sales, when you think about it, can be broken down into three basic steps or three basic actions. Now, I don't want to get any more complicated than this. And I know people are going to be listening to this podcast and think, oh, well, I work for a big organization and we have a really, really complicated sales process and sales methodology and it cannot be this simple. Well, you know what? I can actually guarantee you that it is this simple. It's just that organizations are trying to overcomplicate it because they think that because we're in a certain market or because we're in a corporate or because we're in a big building, we have to make it really uh, more complex than it needs to be. This is how simple it can be. Three steps. One, get a lead. Two, make an offer. Three, follow up. That is it. Three simple key steps. Get a lead make an offer, follow up. That is sales at its core. Now, yes, there's some more stuff we can talk about in terms of what are the elements of each of those, and let's let's just break that down a little bit for each of those key steps, right? Now, the first one, getting a lead. Well, how, what is a lead? Well, we've already talked about the fact that if you can articulate a problem better than a customer can, then that creates a lead because there's a level of interest. Does it mean they're actually going to purchase? No. It just simply means that you've been able to identify that there is a problem. The next question is, is this a problem that the potential customer would like to solve? Because I can guarantee you there's a lot of people out there and a lot of organizations out there that have significant challenges, but for whatever reason, they're not willing to solve the problem because they're maybe in a comfort zone or maybe there's some other priorities. Now, if you can't get to a point where the customer, potential customer wants to be able to solve a problem, there ain't going to be a sale made. It's as simple as that. So don't push it. The other thing to realize with this is there is an abundance of customers and potential customers out there for everybody. And I'm staggered at the number of organizations that treat 
their marketplace as a finite marketplace. There's only so many numbers of customers I can talk to. And it's just rubbish. There are so many customers you can talk to, so many organizations that potentially can take on your product. Why do we waste so much time chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing to the point where we actually push companies and push people away from our product and we teach them that the only way we're going to do business is if I push you to do something against your will. That is not selling. So understand there's an abundance of potential customers and you've also got to realize based on a podcast episode I recorded a couple of weeks ago that you are the prize. When it comes to dealing with any organization, selling any particular product or any particular service, you don't have to sell it. They're the ones doing the buying. You are the problem solver and whether you work with them or not should be the furthest from your mind. You're more than happy to work with them but why is it that you're going to want to work with them not how do I convince them to work with me? Like, for example, I'll, I'll have conversations all the time and I know once I get on a, a phone call or a Zoom call, pretty much within the first 30 seconds as to whether this person is going to be a good fit. And one of the biggest reasons is once I've identified a problem that they've got that they want to solve, if they're not really adamant that they want to solve that problem, there's no point me pushing the envelope to try and get them to come on board. It's just a waste of, it's a waste of my time and it's certainly a waste of their time. Why? Because they're not in the 3% ready to purchase now. So I'll continue to nurture them and they might come back to me in three months time or in six months time or sometimes in two years down the track because they then move into that 3% purchasing now type of window. So getting a lead, step number one. Where do you get these? Well, uh, organizations have different approaches. A lot of organizations still have uh, telemarketing teams where they cold call and cold calling is still a very legitimate uh, opportunity creation mechanism and it can be very successful. Uh, you need to have the right people in place, but cold calling is certainly a way to generate leads. You can also do ads on Facebook. You can do LinkedIn outreach. You can do email campaigns. You can do advertising, radio. There's a whole host of opportunities out there by which we can create an awareness in the marketplace, which will lead to a lead coming in. Now, what is a lead? A lead is simply somebody who has expressed a level of interest in what it is that we actually do. There's a lot more work that has to go into qualifying that lead to turn it into what I call a sales lead. So often leads come in, first of all, as a marketing lead. It may be an expression of interest. They've responded to, say, an ad. They may have expressed an interest in getting a piece of information. It could be an ebook, could be a um, could be some download, could be a, a free something, and that is a marketing lead. We need to be able to qualify that. To qualify it is say, okay, is there a problem that needs to be solved? Remember, it's all about problem solving. Now, once we've qualified that, once we've identified that this particular person has a problem or this organization has a problem and, and clearly it's something they do want to solve, then it becomes a sales lead. It's a higher qualified lead. Now, at that point, step number two comes in and we make an offer. Nobody's going to be interested unless you make an offer, unless you ask. People, and this is what I, this is, again, it staggers me that people put something out there and expect customers to just be knocking down their door to want to do business with them. We've got to ask them. You've got to ask for the order. You've got to ask them if they want to do business. You've got to ask them if they want to solve the problem that you've just articulated. And if they don't, hey, don't make an offer. But if they do, then it's incumbent on us to actually put a solution in front of them. We will clearly identify how we are going to work together to solve the problem that they have said they wish to solve. It's as simple as that. Making an offer, if there's no problem, then there's no offer. Simple. If there is a problem, that that problem wants to be solved by the potential customer, then make an offer. And you make an offer to the point where it's almost impossible for them to refuse because they're the ones that are saying they have wanted to solve that particular problem. How big is the pain? How badly do they want it? And if there, if there is a fit, then there'll be a business transaction and it'll be as simple as that. Now, what, what I find with myself is I'll have a conversation with somebody and they say, I've, I've got this problem. I really want to be an exceptional sales leader. I know there's another level to get to. 
And then we talk about it, and I qualify it even more, and they realize that, you know what, it, it sometimes will be a nice to have. It's not an absolute guarantee that I have to have this, right? Because it's it's something that maybe somebody else has placed in their mind as a nice to have down the track. It's not something that really drives them. Now, if that's the type of person then that, that has that sort of mindset, I'm not going to work with them, and I'll refuse to work with them. I'll be working with people, though, that say, I have I have an absolute dedication and an absolute uh, voracious appetite to get better. I know there's another level to get to, and I've got to get to that next level. I just don't know how to get it, or I need some support to get there. They're the people, they're the clients that I'll be working with because they have this dedication and almost this insatiable desire to get better, and they are just the dream clients. So if there's not, if their people are not in that position, then there's no point in me pushing the envelope because we're not going to work together. I'll just continue to nurture them, and this is where step three comes in, where you follow up. If they're not ready now, then you nurture them. You don't pester them. You don't force them into, into doing something they don't want to do. If they're not ready, they're not ready. It just simply means that the problem's not big enough for them to solve right now, or I haven't clearly articulated the solution well enough in order for them to identify that the problem they thought they had is actually not the problem, or the problem they thought they had is not as big as I thought it was, whatever the case might be. Um, there, there's going to be a certain percentage of people and certain certain percentage of organizations that will not do business with you straight away. Does that mean they're lost forever? No, it just means they're not ready to do business right now. They're not in the 3% ready to purchase right now. So we don't discard them. We continue to follow up with them. We continue to nurture them. We continue to build relationships and we continue to provide value to them so that when they are ready, when they do come into the 3% window ready to purchase, we are the first person they think about. So follow up can be as easy as just keeping in contact with people, continuing to add value to them, tapping into and following up with them on a regular basis just to check in on them, see how things are going. When you see an article or when you see something something of interest that you think might be of benefit to them, share it with them, but share it with them with no expectation of anything in return. And what you'd be doing there is you'd be putting out, you'd be planting seeds, and the more you do that, the more you're going to be remaining top of mind the more people are going to be thinking of you that when the, when the time is right, they, they are going to be calling you before they call anybody else. So follow up, follow up, follow up. So there it is, guys. Three simple, basic steps to sales. And we don't have to make it any complicated than that. Create a lead, get a lead, make an offer, follow up, rinse and repeat. Now, if we do that, then guess what? We can be extraordinarily successful. We can be exceptional sales teams led by exceptional sales leaders. So don't overcomplicate it. That's the key message for today. Do not overcomplicate it. Focus on the fundamentals. Focus on the things that move the dial and you will be amazed at the results you get, not to mention the level of engagement you have with your team, not to mention the level of engagement you're going to have with your customers. You'll have customers falling over themselves to want to stay with you because you keep it simple. And it's one of the key philosophies I work with all of my clients on. Do simple better. Keep it really simple, do the fundamentals well, and you'd be amazed at the kind of results you get. So as a reminder, as we wrap up, if you would like to do Simple Better and you want to take your sales leadership to the exceptional level and you know you can get it done, but more importantly, you are committed to getting it done, you're not a tire kicker, then let's work together one-on-one. Love to have that conversation. Simply go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com. You know the drill, pick a time, jump on Zoom, we'll have a conversation and we can start working together as early as this week and get you well on your way to being an exceptional sales leader within the next 90 days. So I very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, I look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar. Go to leadwithdarren.com 
and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.